it is always a blessing and a joy and a privilege to be able to share God's word with his people. And in this season, it's even more uh, of a blessing to share it in the house where destiny lives. <laughs> because that's who you are. So um, I just need to let you guys know, we're gonna do something a little bit different today. Um, this is a, an involvement service. Um, that means that you guys are gonna be involved. Is that okay? See, I, 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 you know, sometimes, you know, we had a situation a couple of weeks ago when Pastor Chad Canasota had a message that Canasota whooped us and he didn't give us any notice, you know, and you know, we, some of us were sitting there holding our cheeks. <laughs> and he didn't warn us, but at least I'm letting you guys know ahead of time, this is an interactive service. I need your, not just your feedback, but I need your involvement. Is that okay? So I'm gonna ask you to do some things that you may not have been used to doing before, and that's fine, uh, but we're all going to enjoy it, one, because this is a time that we want to experience the fullness of God's joy and peace. Is that okay? Yes. All right, come on. So let's get into it. Um, I'm thankful for always uh, Pastor Chad and Pastor Tasha and their love and their heart for God's people uh, and the opportunity uh, to share the pulpit. Praise God. Because, you know, sometimes you have people, they feel like they're the only ones that can share God's word. Um, but God has set up many people. You have the ability to share God's word. When he opens up the door for you to do it, share it. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor or a preacher or event. It doesn't matter. Just share. Is that okay? All right, so I want to get into it. Uh, I want to start uh, by reading in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to be reading verses one through three. Is that okay? I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Version because um, there's certain pieces that I want to be able to extract from this, and the Passion Version is the best version to do that with. Is that okay? So Ephesians chapter three and verse one says this, my beloved ones, do not ever limit your joy or fail to rejoice in the wonderful experience of knowing our Lord Jesus. I do not mind repeating what I've already written you because it protects you. Beware of those religious hypocrites who teach that you should be circumcised to please God. For we have already experienced heart circumcision and we worship God in the power and freedom of the Holy Spirit, not in laws, and religious duties. We are those who boast in what Jesus Christ has done and not in what, our, what we can accomplish in our own strength. Man, that hits different. <laughs> Many of us have read the scripture before in the uh, King James Version or the New King James or ESV or NIV, but I tell you that passion, it hits different. It hits different. As we have said earlier, the title of this message is Limitless Joy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the time to be able to share your word. And Father, I pray to your people are as fertile ground ready to receive the seed of your word. I thank you, Father, that people's lives are going to be transformed, empowered, and encouraged on today. 
Father, I declare it now. I decree it now because your word says, whatever we decree, it shall be established. So according to your word, I thank you that people's lives will be transformed, set free, and encouraged on today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so what I want to do uh, is something a little different here this morning. I want to focus on the first, I'm sorry, the, 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 the last two verses first. So verses two and three of the scripture that we just read. Um, for those of you who may be joining us online and those who may be joining us for the first time uh, while we've been in a series, we've been in a series now for a while in Philippians, okay? So this is nothing new. We started with Philippians 1, now we're in Philippians 3, but I just just wanted to make sure that you guys understand where we are. Uh, We know that Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, but I need you all to remember something. He's writing to the church in Philippi from prison. Interesting. I want to read verse 2 again. Verse 2 says this, Beware of those religious hypocrites who teach that you should be circumcised to please God. Let me give you a little context about what Paul is talking about here. I want to go to uh, Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15 and verse, starting with verse 1. And once again, I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Version. Acts Acts chapter 15 and verse 1 says this. While Paul and Barnabas were in uh, Antioch, some false teachers came from Judea to trouble the believers. They taught, unless you are circumcised, as the law of Moses requires, you cannot be saved. This sparked a fiercer argument between the false teachers and Paul and Barnabas. So the church appointed a delegation of believers, including Paul and Barnabas, to go to Jerusalem to meet with the apostles and elders of the church and resolve this issue. Verse 3 says, so the church sent them on their way. As they passed through Lebanon and Samaria, they stopped and shared with the believers how God was converting many from among the non-Jewish people. Hearing this report brought great joy to all the churches. Verse 4, when they finally arrived in Jerusalem, Paul and Barnabas were welcomed by the church, the apostles, and the elders. They explained to them everything God had done among them, but some of the believers who were of the religious group called separated ones were insistent, saying, we must continue the custom of circumcision and require that the people, that the, that people keep the law of Moses. Verse 6, so the apostles and elders met privately to discuss the matter further. After a lengthy debate, Peter rose to his feet and said to them, brothers, you know how God has chosen me. From the beginning, to preach the wonderful news of the gospel to the non-Jewish nations. God, who knows the heart of every person, confirmed this when he gave the Holy Spirit, just like he has given the Spirit to us. So now, not one thing separates us as Jews and Gentiles, for when they believe, he makes their hearts pure. So why on earth would we now limit God's grace by placing a yoke of religious duties on the shoulders of the believers that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear. Don't you believe that we are introduced to eternal life through the grace of our Lord Jesus, the same grace that has brought these people 
new life. Peter says in verse 10, why on earth would we put a yoke of religious duties on the shoulders of believers? If you remember, Paul said something very similar in verse 3 of Philippians when he said, um, and we worship God in the power of freedom of the Holy Spirit, not in laws and religious duties. Why has this happened? The unfortunate thing is we as the church in some cases are still doing it. You know what? I want to do a little exercise to bring this point home. Is that okay? Y'all all all right with that? All right. Now remember you said okay. (laughs) Can y'all stand with me for a minute? How many of you all went to Sunday school when you all were younger? All right, a good portion of the room. So then you guys remember the song called Father Abraham, right? I told y'all it was gonna be interactive service, y'all didn't. Were you listening when I said it at the beginning? I wasn't lying. So guess what? We're going to sing this song together, is that okay? All right, I hope y'all remember it. The words are gonna be up here, see? All right, they're up there right now. So on, on the count of three, one, two, three, go. Father Abraham had many sons. Had many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, Father Abraham had many sons. Had many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm. Father Abraham had many sons. Had many sons. Had Father Abraham. I am one of them. So are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot. Father Abraham had many sons. Had many sons, had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot. Father Abraham, have many sons. (laughs) Have many sons, had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, chin up. Father Abraham, have many sons, have many sons, had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, chin up, turn around. Father Abraham, have many sons. Come on, you got to keep doing it. Had Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, chin up, chin around, sit down. Woo! How do you all feel now? (laughs) 
Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Unfortunately, we in the body of Christ have been just as strenuous and stringent as this song is in some cases when it comes to believing in salvation. We require people to go through so many different movements and do so many different things just to say that they're a follower or believer in Jesus. Come on. We said things like, you're not saved if you don't speak in tongues. Or you didn't, if you don't get saved in a church service, you're not really saved. Or if people don't recite Romans 10, 9 and 10 verbatim that they're not saved. And these are just a few examples. And we can go on and on and on of the things that we have said and the stipulations that we have put on God's people that he never did. We have followed in the traditions of men or taken on a spirit of religion that God never intended for us to do. Amen or ouch. So how can we live a life of limitless joy when we have situations like this going on? It starts with us. It starts with us. Our salvation is about our relationship with God. Our willingness to repent and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's not about the traditions of men. Jesus finished the work on the cross. When he said it was finished, he meant it. It is finished. We need to make sure we're not doing more than what God has told us to do. Too often we have operated in a religious spirit. Too often we have condemned people. And you all know something? It's not our job to condemn anybody. It's our responsibility and job to show them Jesus. I remember one of my first jobs I worked when I went, when we moved to Florida, I worked for Amazon. And I had... um, Worked in an apartment, and actually two of my supervisors uh, were homosexual. And so one of them came up to me one day, and she says, I hear that you're a pastor. I said, yeah. She said, so you know about me and my lifestyle and how I like to live. So what do you got to say about that? And she said it just like that. What you got to say? (laughs) I said, well, here's the thing. My responsibility is to show you the compassion and love of Jesus Christ. I said, your relationship with him is between you and him. My responsibility is to show him through, show him through me. And she said, I've never heard that. But get this, I've never heard that from the church before. She became one of our, I won't say best friends, but we became really close to the point where she would come over and eat dinner with us and invite herself over. 
Hey, by the way, I'll be there tonight. You barbecuing? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, okay. Had a great time. And it wasn't about covering up the sin issue. That's not what we were doing. We were just saying, hey, Jesus loves you. And if we are his representations, we have to show his love. It wasn't about condemning. We got to stop doing that. I love this. Let's look at verse 1. Verse 1. In Philippians chapter 3. My beloved ones, don't ever limit your joy or fail to rejoice in the wonderful experience of knowing our Lord Jesus. Now remember, Paul is in prison telling people, don't limit your joy. He goes on to say, don't fail to rejoice in the wonderful experience of knowing Jesus Christ. How can I live a life of limitless joy? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> My, uh, there's, there's a scripture in John chapter 10 and verse 10. John chapter 10 and verse 10 in the NIV, it says this. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That word abundantly, as it appears in this scripture, in the Greek means beyond measure. Beyond measure or in a sense beyond. I need my boys to come up because they're going to help me with the demonstration. The word life, as it appears in the scripture, is actually a verb and it means to live. It means to live. An abundant life is a life that's lived beyond measure. So Jesus Christ came to give us an abundant life, give us a life of limitless joy, but sometimes, we're gonna stand over here, guys. Isaiah, you stand in front of me. Solomon, you stand here. Micah, you right there. You all keep your hands lifted up. Lift up your hands, please, above your head. Sometimes, the situation is this. That word abundant, as it shows up in the scripture, also means, in a sense, beyond. Sometimes, we have an obstacle in front of us that keeps us from experiencing an abundant life or a life filled with joy. Sometimes the obstacle is shame. Sometimes the obstacle is a lack of understanding. Sometimes the obstacle is disobedience. And we're trying to figure out, well, what am I supposed to do? And God is saying that in order for us to experience the abundant life, the expectation is for us to be able to look beyond whatever the obstacle is. And here's the thing. Can we turn down the house lights just a little bit more? I appreciate it. If that's possible, that's fine. If not, don't worry about it. In order for us to look past the obstacle, two things must happen. Can you hold this for me for a second, Solid? Keep your hands raised up, though. <laughs> we have to know that the obstacle is temporary. Yes. And when the light of Holy Spirit begins to shine. Yes. Not only can we see better and look beyond the obstacle, yeah. 
but we can also move the obstacle out of the way. Holy Spirit is saying, let me light up the path. I'm sorry, Papa Don, the light is all in your face. (laughs) But this reminds me of something. This also reminds me of a situation, a circumstance. You can put your hands down now. Of when my son, Isaiah, who's in the Marines, was doing a training exercise. And in that training exercise, he had to do something called a land navigation. With the land navigation, he was given certain coordinates, a map, and a compass. And his responsibility was to get to one point and get back to another. And so he told his mom and I that when he was in the midst of trying to navigate, getting back to the area that he needed to get back to, he got lost. And he said he's looking around, but he's also timed in this. And so he has to be able to get to his point in a timely manner, and if he doesn't, he fails. And if he fails, it could keep him from progressing in his progress. And so he said it got to the point where he became very fearful and agitated, and he's like, well, what am I supposed to do? But then he remembered his training. He remembered that the obstacle didn't matter. And he said, Holy Spirit, begin to show me the path. Begin to show me what I need to do. And as he began to pray, he saw the path highlighted. And he followed the path of the Holy Spirit. Wherever the Holy Spirit said to go, that's where he went. And as he followed the path, he found his way back to where he needed to be in a timely fashion. What am I saying to you? In order to experience the abundant life, a limitless life, a life that that, that, that has limitless joy, We have to be willing to move all the obstacles out of the way because it's just a temporary obstacle. We have to be willing to say, Holy Spirit, show me and see beyond what's right in front of us because his word says that he came to give us a life and that more abundantly. And that word abundantly means beyond measure. You cannot measure it. You cannot measure it. But it starts with Jesus. So we want to do something a little different this morning. We're going to have an altar call. I'm going to ask for the praise and worship team to prepare to come on back up. Um, That second song, guys, I'd appreciate it. As we're preparing for the altar call, specifically what we're looking for, what Holy Spirit said for us to look for this morning, was for those individuals who desire to experience limitless joy in their lives that haven't so far. And there may be some reasons why you haven't. Some of the reasons may be because that you have been experiencing a a spirit of heaviness. Some of you may not have experienced joy because you're still in mourning in certain situations, things that you're mourning in your life, and not just mourning like a death of a loved one, but maybe you're mourning the death of a relationship. Maybe you're mourning in a different way. And scripture says that God has given us joy for mourning, the oil of joy, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And so if you fit in those categories, if you know that you have not experienced a life of joy, a life filled with joy, a life that has been limitless as far as joy is concerned, that means joy without limits. Regardless of what you have seen, Regardless of what you have been experiencing thus far, 
God is saying, I desire to give you a life of limitless joy. But it starts with you trusting me. There are some who are even watching right now online and you have allowed your situation and circumstances to rob you what God wants to bless you with. Jesus came to give us an abundant life. And if you are not experiencing an abundant life and if your life is not filled with joy, you have to begin to examine what the situation is. And you may say to me, Pastor Ed, you have no idea what I'm experiencing. You have no idea the trauma that has happened in my life. You have no idea the situations that I've been experiencing. And I get that. But I know that regardless of whatever those situations or circumstances are, joy is not predicated on them. I said it once before when we first started this series. Happiness is based on happenings. Joy is based on Jesus. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. Pastor Chad said it earlier today, joy is not an experience, joy is a lifestyle. Yes. 